So we're sitting in the party centre, so perhaps the first thing you could do is tell us what the centre is, what it does, and, and what your objectives are. Sure. Uh, the party centre is, uh, the full name is the Frederick S. Party Centre for the study of the longer range future. And we take the future seriously, and we take the longer range seriously. But we take both of them seriously by really looking at the present. Uh, and uh, trying to look at the present with a perspective that is much longer than most people do. So it really starts from the premise that most, most of the important decisions we have to make in the world today are all long-range, mm. whether it's security, whether it's politics, whether it's terrorism, whether it's environment, whether it's climate. Everyone understands their long-term decisions. And yet the incentives of, for all the people making the decisions are short-term. So if you're a politician, you have to be elected in four years. If you are a professor, you have to get tenure. If you're an economist, well, we're all dead in the long term anyhow. Uh, but for all the major players, we look at the short term when we know the issues are long term. So what the center tries to do is, it says, let's look at the great problems of today, but then ask ourselves, what are the options for moving the trajectory for the future in the right direction? Now, Warwick University, a couple of years ago, had a, a series of seminars on who will rule the world in 2020. And we thought 2020 was a, a, a long-term future, but, but some of the events that you're doing are in Africa 2060, yes. and, and that sort of long range. Yeah. We have an energy project that's a century. Uh, oddly enough, you know, we, in our individual life, we, we, we academics tend to joke about the future as if it's something not not work. It's a bit scary. Yeah, but but that, I think that is absolutely not what we do in our individual life. I have a nine-year-old. I do think about what happens when he's 59 right. as, as a parent. Yeah. Uh, grandparents think even, even further. So I think it's, it's kind of an, sort of an inside joke amongst academics not to take the future seriously, but we in fact do. So we define the future in a very specific way, 35 to 200 years. That certainly is a long-range future. And, and what that means is that can we look beyond our generation? But again, the critical thing is not that we have the arrogance to think we know what will happen in 200 years or who will rule the world. We don't. We don't know how to predict that, that on, in that framework. But we do know how to think about decisions today in a framework where we know what the shadow of the future is. And, and that, I think, is the distinction. Now, most of the work you do here is academic work, but there's also a, a policy implement side yeah. to what you do we, as well. We try very much to be a policy-oriented institute, but analytically robust and rooted in the academic disciplines and rigors. And so what we try to do in a lot of our work is to bring policymakers and academics together uh, in, in a way that is respectful of both frameworks and in a way that, that, that they can talk across Right. Uh, the, the divides that might be. So all of our work has a few characteristics. First, anything we will do will be interdisciplinary. We, we believe at a very passionate level in interdisciplinary inquiry. Second, it has to be rooted in rigor and analytic rigor. And the third is that we try to work on issues that are of policy relevance, not only today, but into the future. And in that respect, is there a problem with being in Boston rather than in DC? In, in some ways, I think, you know, I, I go a lot to D.C. I go a lot to New York because my world is much more the United Nations. Right, sure. In a way, being in Boston is very good. You're an hour away from either on a flight. So someone could come in the morning and go back either way. And yet you are removed enough. You've got that distance from the Beltway. Exactly. So it's kind of like you being in Warwick an hour away from London. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's an, an hour's journey and it's relatively easy to do, but you're not caught in that 
cocoon. And, and in particular, I think, in, in Brussels, people who work in Brussels are often funded by the organisations that they're meant to be working on. And you can, you can find a very sort of self-replicating set of scholarship taken. And, and that's what we do literally in this building. One of the things is that when we get our friends, like last week we had the ambassador of Sudan and some very high-ranking uh, UN officials here. The, the fact that they've come from New York to Boston in their mind mm. They've shifted They've and moved. <laughs> and, and the policy talk, you know, this in, inside language, which happens everywhere. It happens in mm. academia too. But you can shed the, your policy language and start talking in a different way. I'm struck by how much we have in common in terms of the, the areas that we're interested in as well. With the, not, not just the Centre for the Study of Globalisation and Regionalisation, but with the social science uh, community in Warwick yeah. as a whole. I, I think it's remarkable how how similar these two places are. They are, aren't they? They, they are. they are similar in their size, but they're much more similar, I think, in their ambition. Mm. In, in trying to, for example, in taking interdisciplinary work seriously. Uh, I have always been stuck in always talking to my colleagues at Warwick about, about that similarity, that, that I think we are going through a period where academia itself is changing. It, it's not that disciplines are going away, but we are learning that in all our discourse, we need to be able to converse with people from different disciplines. And perhaps never more so than in your speciality, in your interest in the environment. I think the environment is one of those things which being planetary in scale sure. and in the longer term in scope Absolutely. sort of forces this realisation on us. But it's not just the environment. Globalisation, of mm. course, is one. Trade is another. Security increasingly. Right? Security used to be about you know, guns and militaries. It's, it's now about airports and it's about citizens and non-state actors. Absolutely. One of the uh, other partnerships that we're establishing is with uh, Nanyang in Singapore. And actually the paper that I gave at Nanyang last year was on how I think many of the solutions to current security issues are found not in the old architecture of, of, of global security governance, but in, but in actually development and in environment and in political economy. And unless we change the way that we that we think about these issues like security, we have to do that before I think we can start putting in place any effective solutions. And I think the key word there again, and your centre of course is at the centre of this is the word global. Mm. I think there are certain places in the world that have started taking the word global seriously. Warwick is certainly one of them. At BU you will find this not just at the centre but everywhere we take the, the idea of the global university. Uh, but you're global not just because you have students from different places. I think that's one part. You become global when you take the idea that things are connected. Mm. That, that you're not going to complete the conversation unless you've spoken to someone from Warwick and someone from Singapore and someone from China because that's the nature of the world we live in. Well, hopefully one of the things that will spin off the events of the next couple of days is a longer-term project um, with Kevin Gallagher and, and Minier uh, and Bill Grimes on investment, Chinese and Japanese investment in North America and in Europe and one of our key intentions of this project is for each of us to to get contact with the others contacts in Asia so we will bring our partners from China and Japan and several Boston University and, and, and in this way I think we're going to build up a, a network that will span the globe rather than just be something that that goes across the Atlantic.